What is going on, society members? Welcome to the Underground Society Podcast, a show that helps you achieve your goals in the EDM industry. I'm your host, Justin McGarry, and I invite you to join me as I discover the challenges the professional industry had to overcome or to start building their careers and finding success. Today, I want to plant a seed in your head, and that seed is there are two paths that you can take to really get noticed or quote-unquote put on in the EDM scene. Where on one end, you can pay for a better education, or maybe you have more funding from your family, and you have the opportunity to allocate that money into areas that will help you grow faster. Or you cannot be as fortunate and have to figure it out the long and hard way, like many of us had to do starting out. Our guest on the show today, Ruvlo, who has been absolutely killing it with collabs with Slushy, Cranked At, and festival slots like Base Cannon and Lost Lands, says that when he started out, he unfortunately had to take the long and hard road. But luckily for him, he sees this as a positive because without the struggle, he believes that he wouldn't be putting out the same quality of music that he has been for the past few years. But it still made me wonder, what did he do differently to make himself really stand out from his peers who are also in the earlier phases of their careers? So today he breaks down all of what he has done differently and his story of how he's built his career from bottom up without any education or money behind him to help take his career to the next level. So I hope you enjoy this one. Now let's get into it. This episode is sponsored by AirVDM. AirVDM is your premier electronic dance music brand, a print digital magazine, lifestyle inspired subscription box, and full production event company. AirVDM has been forging the future of EDM for over five years now and produces only the finest content, events, and apparel for EDM fans worldwide. Curated for ravers by ravers. Visit AirVDM.com, that is E R A O F E D M.com, to join the movement and see how you can get involved. Now enjoy the episode. Rublo, welcome to the Underground Society podcast. Where are you streaming from right now? I know you're from New York. Where are you at? Yeah, I'm in uh, Staten Island, okay. New York. But you still live it's there. It's pretty much Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Born and raised. Yeah. How was Staten Island growing up? I, I saw. I recently saw that movie, The King of Staten Island. That was an interesting <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a decent, uh, like, representation of it. Because, yeah. like, um, for me, I think this is, like, kind of, like, what sparked me into really trying to head into this direction mm. of, like, you know, like, music production. Um and like I've talked to people about it from here and they like always give me this like kind of like salty response. But um, what everyone does, because it's like it's it's New York City, right? But it's not it's not Brooklyn. It's not Manhattan. Right. It's not the concrete jungle. It's it's all suburbs. It's all family. Um, it's a pretty like you know, basic. It's like small town mentality mm. in like a somewhat big city. You know what I mean? Um, so the direction that a lot of people go towards is like being like a city worker or like you know, like a nurse or something like that. Right. So like, you know, most of the people that I know are in like construction or like becoming a cop or a firefighter or like, you know, sanitation and stuff like Working that. Working for the and, city, basically. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, there's not many people, the only, and this is like, I'm super grateful from reading him. I'm Richie Black Sheep. You just had him on the yep. podcast. Yep. He lived literally three blocks away from me oh, when I like met him on the internet. I was like, holy shit. Like it says Staten Island. Like you live in Staten Island and he like told me where he lived. And I was like, dude, you live like five minutes that's away from insane. me. insane. You guys never knew each other? No, no, no. This wow. is when I was probably 16. So like, this is like really, you know, this is uh, eight years ago almost. Are you guys, how, and, are um, you guys the same age or how, what's the age difference? No, like? he's, uh, I believe he's 27. Okay. He's a few years older than me. Got it. Um, so when I met him, I was, you know, I barely had any music out. I was making like hard house at the time. And uh, that's where I like, came from. Me and VRG, I don't know if you're familiar with yep, him, yep. but me, me and him were, when we, he was like one of my first real like friends in the scene and we were both making like hard house. We had like a couple of songs together and <laughs> Dude, stuff like damn, that. People don't even make that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. Just like the seeing like the path that people were going into. I, I, was, I wasn't like a popular kid in high school by mm. any means, like very small friend group. Um, 
I was always doing something else. Like, you know, everyone, the school I went to is known for like, it's like a presti- prestigious, like all boys Catholic high school. Uh, okay. You go there to play like sports, you know what I mean? Got it, yep. And I wasn't playing sports. I was like skateboarding and, you know, like I had like a little rock band with like a couple of my friends and I was a drummer. And then I remember when I f- got into production, um, there was a kid that I met. His name is Greg. He goes by uh, Zach's. And like I owe everything to that kid, and he he was like a he's like a he was a big room producer like Progressive House Electro, mm-hmm. and I met him like my first day of school, and I was a freshman, he was a sophomore, and he was just like kind of showing me around and whatnot, and I like looked up to this kid because I loved his music and stuff like that, and uh, you know next year he got kicked out of school I think because like grades weren't so great or something like that. And then he went to another school and then he dropped out because he was going on tour. He went on like a oh, you know, U.S. tour or something like that. Then went on to go on tour with Tiesto when he was like 17 Holy years crap. old or something <laughs> like that. So like, you know, I always looked up to this kid and I was like, you know what? Like I've been listening to dubstep and like trap and big room since I was like 12, 13 years mm-hmm. old. Like, you know, let me, let me try downing FL Studio and see what happens. And, you know, so I was doing that stuff while, you know, everyone's mind was set on like, you know, football or whatever it was. So, like, I couldn't, like, really relate to anyone, you know what I mean? And that's kind of just where that, like, drive to, like, do something different came from was, like, everyone's doing the same thing. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. Yeah. And that's 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 yeah. how I ended up here. Um, yeah, I've heard that, like, Stanton Island really isn't, like, the, the too crazy. There's of, no scene yeah, there's here. There's no scene, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I probably could count all the kids that even listen to this type of music oh, on, man. like, two hands, you know what I mean? Like... And I know all those kids, and it's not a it's not a big group. Yeah. <laughs> How, so there was no like, where where would you like go to shows? Uh, I think my first event was probably in it was a U eighteen event at Pasha. Mm. I think it was I believe it was Morgan Page. That was okay. my first time like going to like a show. Great music, I love Morgan. And then eventually I went to Maddion at Webster Hall with. Uh, it was Maddion and Matt Zoe, I think. Oh, nice. And then after that, I went to like a Casimir show, and that's where he, Zach's opened up for him. Nice. Um, so those are like one of my few first shows. And then I, my first festival I went to was Bamboozle in 2012 in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Okay. I saw Skrillex there, and that was like my first, you know, dubstep set. And that was, that was it. And like right after that, went to um, Electric Adventure, saw like Dioro, uh, destroyed, oh, shout out Excision, yeah. um, and like figure and a couple other people. And like, that's when like, that was yeah, it. Like, yeah. This was my thing. You know what I mean? That's dope. Uh, but I didn't start producing till probably a few years after that. Yeah. Had you all, have you always gone by Revlo or when did that kind of come into the play? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, when it comes to music, I could, I could make music, but if it's something else that's creative, like my brain doesn't work. <laughs> so I was like, you know, it was during like the golden age of like trap, you know, we had like loud pack yeah. and like stuff like that. And you know everyone had the uh, the upside down A as a V, so I just made my last yeah. name Ruwalo, yeah. Ruvlo. And I had this like weird debate. I remember I was like, I don't know if I should go as Ruwalo or Ruvlo, but like when you look at the name, like nobody would know that it's Ruwalo. Mm-hmm. So I just went with Ruvlo. Even it's like, and people pronounce the name wrong all the time, because like my last name's Ruwalo. You would imagine it's Ruvlo, right? But, and like so many That's people still call me that, and I just I just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> It makes sense. It's just like, you know, English language yeah. is, a, is a weird thing. Yeah. When I first learned who your 
or learned who you were and learned what your name was. I'm pretty sure I was saying that. I'm pretty sure I was saying Ruplo. <laughs> yeah, everyone does. It's fine. <laughs> uh, how did you go about, because obviously, at least in the bass music industry, it's a little different. Like guys like you you just mentioned, like um, uh, Morgan Page, like he just uses his name. And obviously you're using <clears throat> your name in a way, but you kind of, you want to build a brand around that. How have you gone about like doing so? That's <laughs> honestly something I'm still working okay. on. Um, it's, it's definitely like when you, when you hear my name, I don't know, like, what would you think of? Cause I, I personally, honestly, I struggle with that. There's a like, lot of names where I'm just like, I have no idea. <laughs> exa- exactly. And that's my problem. And that's the thing like, that even, like, even kind of sucks. Like, what, what the hell is a Cyclops? Like what, how does that tie in? Into- right. <laughs> what? Yeah. And that's, that's the cool thing though. And I wish I kind of had that yeah. as like, even if it has nothing to do with the name, you have that like brand image. Yeah. And that's something I've been like trying to figure out for a while. And like, you know, starting with the EP that I did on Cannibal and we did like the giant spider mm-hmm. thing. And uh, it's something that I do kind of want to move forward using a lot as like, you know, and so like it's recognizable, but it's kind of hard to like make it work with everything. Yeah. So it's it's I'm still in that like weird building phase of like the branding stuff. What, what's the um, what's the logo? What's the, the Revlo logo? What is that? That's something that we just did probably about six months ago. Okay. So it's not something that means anything at all. It's okay. kind of just more of like the symbol of like it's unique. And when you see it enough times, we start, you know, once we start putting in artwork and merch over and over again, it's just one of those things that you see it and you know what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm hoping that just kind of catches on. Like there's nothing necessarily any meaning to it. And a lot of, you know, a lot of like brands have that where it's just like there's no meaning to it. It's just something that you see that you know you nothing else looks like yeah. that so you're gonna know, gonna know like, what that's is, yeah. what it is yeah. like same thing. and that's what we're gonna kind of do running running like moving forward like merch and yeah. like artwork just throw it in there have people see it over and over again yeah. and finally yeah. it sticks yeah. in their head same thing with nike and swoosh like how much that exactly swoosh yeah. is worth like yeah. holy shit <laughs> yeah it's, it's like what what does that really mean yeah. it's like it's like uh, you just it's just recognizable yeah i think too like we were talking a little bit before the interview it was like how unique your sound is um do you think that and because of that it's gained you any like collabs that you've done because you've done a lot yeah I, I i think so um you know a lot of people from you know the lowest tiers of artists all the way up to skrillex yeah. have played my music so um yeah that's right skrillex it, has played your music <laughs> yeah I, I was there for that and that oh, was the craziest shit. thing ever i was I, I ripped my phone out of my pocket so fast and i was just <laughs> like in shock you know um but uh, what it comes down to is, well, one thing that I did to kind of always have stand out, like when you listen yeah. to it is in the, in the buildups of like all my songs, I have that like, ha. Yes. Um, yep. yeah. So that it, like, that's another thing it means nothing, but once you hear it over and over, you know, it's my song. Mm-hmm. So like people could be out at a show and you know, the DJ is playing it and it's building up and then you hear the ha, like you could have literally never heard that song before, but all of a sudden, you know, it's mine, you know, and a lot I, of people, where'd you get that idea from? Um, it, it came from like, just like the, the whole rap realm, like producer tags, okay. you know, like as soon as a song starts, you hear like, you know, like somebody, it doesn't matter, like whoever it is, yeah. like say for example, I'm like, well made it or whatever, uh, whatever. The, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. Something <laughs> like that. As soon as, as soon as it comes on, you're like, okay, like I know this is yeah. like him producing the song and like the ha, as soon as you hear it, you hear it in the buildup. Cause like for the most part, when people DJ, like they're going to at least play the buildup. Mm. so you'll hear it and then you're gonna know it's mine mm-hmm. um yeah I, I put it in a song probably like five years ago 
And it was just one of those things that I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is like a unique little sample. Like, no one else like uses yeah. this because like I process it in my own way. And um, I just use it again and then again. And I was like, all right, like this is this is my tag, yeah. you know. Kind of like something how like G Rex has like that like horse, horse yeah. yeah. Like yeah, he just some, released some, a new like, song. Uh shit, what was his newest release? I like he didn't put it into like almost the very end. I was like, where is the horse? And then it finally played. I was like, yes, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of times I'll be like working on music and like I'll listen back and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to put the yeah, high and I'll just throw it in there and yeah. I'm like done. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back to the Skrillex thing, I'm kind of curious. How did how long ago was that? And how did he find uh, that? That song? was last. I want to say it was either early this year, I think it was, sometime in like the winter, okay. January to March, probably. Um, I couldn't tell you how he found that song. On It's only on SoundCloud. At the time that he played it, it had probably about 9,000 plays. Um, so I don't know where he got <laughs> no, it from. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he heard it, but it ended up in his lap somehow, and he played it out, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, because the whole time of the show, he's playing like 128 to 134 BPM. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm like, I don't have any songs like that. And as soon as he played it, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like that song is that song is like 130. And it just that was it. I was like, wow, That's like, awesome. this is Skrillex. How long has that song been out t- until he played it? Um, Probably about six, seven months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's cool. And it was just like a, it was in a in a pack that I released. It was... um. It was called like Flip Fridays. So every week for four weeks, every Friday, I put out like a, mm. a remix of like an old song on SoundCloud. And I'm actually doing it again this year. I have a remix to Paramore's All I Wanted. I'm Great doing song. a VIP to my Lambo remix. Um, I did a remix to Skrillex's Scary Bali Dub. And I, I have one that. more. I'm going to go listen to that. It's an old yeah. one. Um, and then the fourth one. I have two actually. I'm probably gonna put them out on the same day as like a bonus. One of them is to uh, uh, Giant Spaghetti Monster oh, yep. by Doctor P. Yep. And then the other one, I can't remember what it was. I would have to look, but yeah. So we're gonna do that um, in October, right after Lost okay. Lands. I'm gonna put out my mix for Lost Lands, and then October we're just gonna hit them with like five songs in a month. Awesome! I am so excited for yeah. your set. I will be there. Your set last year was oh, fucking hell yeah. awesome. <laughs> oh, you were there? Yeah. Were you there? Yeah. You just listened? No, I was there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, had, that you had was, a pretty uh, good crowd for your set last year. I thought nobody was going to come. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they put you after there. the big sets, though. They played you, like, they actually put you at the sound camp times, so that's nice. Because a, yeah, a lot of people, like, even, was, like, Stone Level, like, I love his music. I know he has a big crowd a crowd of people that were there that loved him, but he played, like, earlier in the day when all the other sets yeah, were going on. he like, played at, like, 4 yeah, o'clock, maybe, or something like yep. that. It was in the daytime, I remember. But yeah, um... Yeah, same thing this year. I'm doing uh, 12 a.m. on Perfect. the Asteroid stage Perfect. on Sunday. Uh, so, stage. like, same day, That's same di- night. That Asteroid stage is fucking hot, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's super hot. <laughs> yeah, I got I got some uh, angry tweets at me. Not towards me, but they were like, oh, like, why is he playing yeah. the Asteroid? I got, like, 10 tweets about that. And I was just like, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> and they are like, there's no room in there. And I'm like... Hey, it'll be yeah, intimate, I yeah. guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be nice because the subsidiary stage we had a lot of people there, and I remember That's like a pretty fast. There was like too. a couple mosh. Yeah. yeah, it was it was way bigger than I expected. I didn't know what to expect, and I remember going there Thursday night to go check out the other stages. And when we got to the subsidiary stage, they're still building it, mm. and I was like, "Holy shit, this is beautiful!" Mm-hmm. Like I like that stage a lot more than like Wampy. Yeah. Like I thought it was yep. like really nice, like the three panels yep. Yep. of like L- like visuals like wrapped and, in the back. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it was nice. So like, you know, as I'm playing, like I have, I, I could see all the lights coming from around me, you know? So it's just cool. like, it was super bright and like a really cool stage. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, going back to, so you were talking about Skrillex, but another person that you've been kind of, and I, I think you're pretty good friends with him at this point, but uh, you've done work with Slushy. Um, how, yeah, how, yeah. Did, how did that? He actually just texted me oh. <laughs> yesterday. Uh, he was like, uh, I think he... What did he say? He said he just wanted to. I think he was working on a project, and he wanted to um, send me over some songs uh, to to do another one. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get an idea going in the next like couple months. I'm sure. Dude, I, I have to. That Invaders from Mars collab that you guys did was probably. I I, yeah. I like a lot of his music. His newer. He he plays all around with a lot of different styles, obviously. But from that yeah. specific album, I think that was one of like at least my top two favorite songs. Like you guys did a phenomenal oh, yeah. job on that. How, how did you? Yeah, there was. How did you first meet Slushy? Like, how did that? Um, I think he just like followed me on Twitter one day and just like reached out to me and was like, "Hey, like, love your music." And I was like, "Oh, hell yeah! Like, <laughs> thank you so much." And I think we talked for like literally a couple DMs, and it was like, "All right, let's make a song together." That's sick. <laughs> and uh, I want to say that was sometime around like August of like 2019 okay. or something like that, August September, because we we had the song done by December 2019 because I was we were both playing Lights All Night in Dallas mm. and I was supposed to go on stage for that song with him but my flight came in like just it was like late by like 30 minutes so I missed it um but we finished that song in yeah 2019 and it didn't come out till like, you know late 2021 yeah. which was crazy um but yeah we we sat on that song for like two years and it was probably about a couple months or three months before the song was like actually in the works of coming out. Mm. And his plan was, he's like, I don't want to release an album um, right now because like, you know, during quarantine, there wasn't shows going on. Yeah. And when, when the song comes out, you know, you want people to play it out yep. and stuff like that. So we had to like put it on hold. And like, honestly, I was happy to do that because it did make sense. Like, you know, by the time shows came back, like, I probably wouldn't really be playing that song and like no one, you know, it's an old song, you know, EDM has a very short lifespan for yes, their songs. Yes, very much A song so. comes out, everyone's like, it's two, two weeks. weeks later, yep. like, oh, that's old news. Yeah. And it's like, sick. Because there's, I feel like it's just because like the, mar- the market keeps getting more and more saturated like almost every year. And it's like. Yeah, people release music every day. Every day, you know? yeah. And it's hard to stand out from the pack um, in a lot of ways, but. Um, and that's why it's so important bringing back to our original point of being different and use, using, create, you know, creative, like sound design and having little tags and stuff like that. It, it definitely helps. Yeah. Um, who else have, have you done collabs with? Uh, I just put out my third collab at Cranked Out. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, he's freaking, his career is yes. doing amazing too. Yeah. He's, he's one of the best like sound designers yeah. and just everything like all around visual designers. He's amazing. Oh, he does that too? he put his... Oh yeah, all oh, of wow. his visuals, um, he does himself, all the artworks, like, you know, like all those like robotic stuff, like yeah. that's all him. That's like, he's, awesome. he's a monster. Wow. He's a machine. Yeah. That's crazy. And then... Uh, he's a jack of all trades. Miso as well, right? Yeah, we, so we have that song, um, we decided not to put it out, and then we were going to put it out, and then Fortnite reached out to me and wanted yeah. you know, music from me, and I sent them that song, and that was like the song that got chosen to be in there, and... Even till today, people still ask me for like downloads to that song. Um, so I think it's just like one of those songs I'm going to like try to sneak into the actual release. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, because it's, it's like it's a fun song. Re- it's, it's cool. It's not actually released? No, no, no. Oh. We finished that song probably a year and a half ago, okay. I want to say. 
And uh, it's just like one of those songs that I'm still sitting on. And like when I'm in a car, sometimes I'll even listen to it. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, like, <laughs> we should just like put it out. Like say fuck Good, it. Yeah, just self-release it. I mean, I just sent it off to a label actually oh, too okay. to see if they wanted it. So I mean, like you'll see what so happens, happens, you yeah. know. <laughs> how do a lot of your collaborations kind of happen? I mean, obviously with Slushy, you just followed you on Twitter. But how, do you just, just yeah through networking um, and people wanting to work with you? or Yeah, I mean, realistically, what I like to do for my collabs is every everyone that I've ever collabed with or have a song with like that's unreleased, they're all like my friends. Mm. I, I'm i not really one to like reach out to someone that just because I like like their stuff. I, I like working with like my friends because it, it creates like a more organic, you know, chemistry of like the songwriting process. And um because it's like it's a lot easier to like you know give feedback back yeah. and forth between like you and your friend rather than like someone that you don't really know. Because yeah. <laughs> then it's like you're like really like kind of like just stepping on thin ice when it, you if you're like, like, oh, I don't like yeah, this exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but if it's like my friend, I'm like, yo, that shit is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not do that. And they're like, all right, fine. <laughs> you know, so you have the ability, like the freedom to do that. Yeah. But um, yeah, every everyone that I have a song with, like I consider them like a good friend of mine, or like you know. Anything like that, and it just makes you know collabs a lot yeah. easier. Do you, do you normally? How do you work on collabs usually? Is it all just like online? You send stems back and forth, or is it just? Yeah, yeah. so I'm I'm on FL Studio, and most people are in Ableton. Okay. So they're, every That's time I, they're like, oh, like what DAW are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm in FL, yeah. and they're like, hey, doesn't Excision use FL though? <laughs> yeah, I believe I so. Yeah. Does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so everyone every time I say FL, they're like, ah, crap. Like, okay, I gotta send stems over, and I'm like, yep, <laughs> sorry. FL is, but I make it work. I like working with it. Not always, I guess, but I feel like at least, uh, I guess at least in like the rap world, I feel like a lot more people use FL too. Like it, it does. Yeah, it's more like genre dependent. It's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely easier for beats with um like the like the sequencing of like you know like uh, MIDI yeah. for drums. It's like a lot better for like hi hats and like just like stuff like that. You have a bit more control of like the piano rolls, um, but when it comes down to like EDM, like I mean, you could use really whatever, yeah. you know. Where did you? I, it's just like where did you get a lot of your like your education from? I mean, you've been doing it for a long time, so obviously just practice. But yeah, uh, it's one thing I always say. It's just kind of um, trial and error. Yeah. Um, I hate watching YouTube tutorials because, really? like, I would say ninety percent of them aren't really that great. Yeah. Um, or they rush through it, or like they don't actually show you like yeah. the detailed stuff. Yeah. A lot of people that do tutorials aren't the people like making like the best music. They'll kind of show you how to do something. But like for me, like if I want to watch a tutorial, I want to watch it from someone that like I look up mm. to. And there's not a lot of people out there that do that. There's like there's some, but um, it's very hard to find like yeah. good tutorials in my opinion. So yeah, a lot of the stuff has been trial and error it's just over the years of just like, you know, it, it's just throwing paint at the wall until it makes yeah. something pretty. You know what I mean? And uh, it's it's kind of just something that I just learned to just like sit down and you know if one day I decide to like try to figure out how to do something I'll I'll watch like a video of like slightly how to do it, but then I'll I'll do like my own take yeah. of like trying to get to that end result. I know that's how a lot of people learn. Um, do you think that has anything to do with like why a lot of the music that's coming out today like sounds a l the same? Yeah, I mean yeah. it's like the same thing as like rap beats, right? You know, you could look up like I don't know like. XXX Tentacion yeah. type beat and you can learn how to make something like that so on YouTube it's like how to make a barely alive growl yeah. right and like you know you make that and everyone's gonna make the same type of sounds mm -hmm. um, some of the best producers that are coming up are kids that are just like reinventing like what bass music is and creating their own sound you know oh, and, like more kismet crazy yeah, exactly yeah. like there's nobody that makes music that sounds like more kismet yep. you know 
like more kids is like their own sound and style you know yeah. if you were to emulate that it's just a queer rip yeah, yeah you know yeah. and and that's what's like the beauty of like like artists like more Kismet. it's like they got their own style and you know it, they mark that as their territory yeah. you know and and those are like people like that are some of just like the best producers mm-hmm. you know was it a, and that's why it's important do you think it was a challenge for you to start to develop like the rough low sound originally like how long did that take you um it kind of just came by accident i feel like um you know it kind of all started off with you know anytime anyone at like we'll talk about my music it's always like the signature like sustain basses right that long like blah and that was just like something that came over time it's like you know doing it one time and then the next song it's taking that sound and like kind of reprocessing it and making like a new thing out of it and then over time it's like you kind of have that formula of like this is what's going to be in the song but mm-hmm. we're going to do it a little bit different this time and like eventually over and over you're going to have that same element but it's going to sound different in each case but like you could always tell it's still like my sound yeah. you know what i mean and that's something that right. i take like pride in like the you know like the whole like it's it's like a meme at this point but like um like the sustained bass is like that's just like my thing like mm-hmm. i i feel like i definitely nailed it like i i know how to make it sound good because like when i listen to people that do like the sustained basses i'm like super like critical on yeah. it like cringe <laughs> like i yeah like i know what's like a good sustain and i mean like what isn't yeah. but um it's definitely something that i take pride in it's like this is like you hear a song like this you're gonna know it's me most yeah, likely do you, I think, Atelians and like G Rex are like my top three favorite when it comes to like that kind of style of bass music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I met Atelians. Uh, they played a show. I, I live in California, so NorCal. Uh, they played a show up here, and I, I actually was working for the production team, and I picked them up from the airport. And I was like, it was so cool meeting them. Like, I know you've. I love yeah, both of them. Yeah. They're great. You did people, a remix yeah. for them too, right? Yeah yeah, 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 I did two of them. I did the the first one. I did was fuck that probably a couple years ago, yeah. and then I just did UFO. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How? Yeah, so it was really dope. How was it like writing those songs and doing the remixes, like the official, like doing official remixes for like guys at that level? Uh, it's cool. Um, you know, you you get the stems and you kind of like pick apart their brain mm-hmm. of like what they did to make that song, and like you look over everything, and it's like okay, like how do I take like the main elements of these songs but make it my own? And I feel um, like you learn a lot in that process too. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I definitely like there's there's times like before you even start the song, like I'll just, you know, listen to each stem yeah. on its own and kind of see what they're doing and how they got to that point. And like, you know, I'll learn stuff from that in itself. Cool how do you throw like your own flavor that. into like a remix? Um, I kind of go about making the song as if it was an original okay. of my own, but I'll take the main elements from like the drop you know like the signal like whatever song it is if it's like if there's like a call or response base that like you know everyone kind of knows you'll take just that piece and you'll fit it in like Mm. you know what i'll do for like remixes like i try to make it sound like it's not the original but i try to make it sound like it's its own new song with some of those elements from like the original song you know what i mean Yeah. yeah yeah interesting where did you learn that like having your own sound was like important to have like to like really take your career to that next level yeah i think that kind of came but when i put out the uh the lambo remix um when that like kind of blew up that's when i realized like okay like this is what people are looking at when they think of me so i'm gonna start making songs that kind of follow that sound and over time it just like 
it was like a snowball effect. Once you start it, like yeah. the next song will kind of be like that, but its own thing. And then like, you know, it evolves. And um, that was like my transition to what I'm making now is taking all those like sustains, but in that like trap style and then reworking it into like a dubstep song now. So like it'll take a lot of those same elements, but have a different genre essentially, you know? Yeah. I, um, so it's been like a cool. Why did you change from ride. like making the the hard house stuff to like what you do now like what <laughs> uh hard house was it was just like it it was just like a different time you know that's okay. when like when junkie kid and stuff like that was like really fucking like popping and cool and i just love that like hard element of it i didn't like hard style really but i like that like mm. 128 version of like hard style you know it was like really cool um and it, I feel like it was very influenced by the kids that I was like talking to. Cause like back then, like you would have like Facebook group chats, right? Of yeah. like other producers in like 20, like 15, 2016. So like you took a lot of influence by like the people you would talk to. What made you like want to change? Like, who was your inspiration of changing into like your sound now? Uh, well, so just to give like a kind of a bigger idea, um, like hard house that was like popping at the time and then like the festival trap wave came over mm. you know like everyone was doing like slander and you know people everyone was doing festival trap remixes and like the heaven and that's trap when i really do. yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah and that's kind of when i got into trap like producing it and then eventually you steer away from that and you start making your own original trap yeah. songs and then hybrid trap came out and then like the whole like you know, Peekaboo, GRX, Baba Tunde, Era came out, and you take everything that, that you learned back then. Huge. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 created, you know, thousands of songs yeah. that sounded just like that. Followed the same formula. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like what I did was I just took everything that I learned from this type of music that I was making first brought it to the next one, and mm. then whatever I wanted to make next, took everything I learned from there, brought it over. So like even today, like. There was a song I was just working on yesterday that I was using samples from like a sample pack that I was using in 2016 to make Hard House, wow. you know, just to have that like crunchy, yeah. like gritty sound to it. So you, I always go back to like, you know, my, my roots of like where I came from in production. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Like, looking like, back. Especially like back then when you were learning and stuff like the Hard House, I'm sure like you're like, okay, I'm just learning how to like make music in the first place. Like, and you're taking yeah. it's like, okay, these guys like this. So I, like you said, this is who I'm around they know what they're doing in this aspect, but then you kind of like, kind of just slowly build on top of that. Do you think you would have gotten the same opportunities that you have gotten? Um, and like the shows that you're playing, like the festival slots and stuff like that. Do you think if you wouldn't have like transitioned into what you make now, do you think that would have ever happened? I mean, some of your festivals, I know like base Canyon and Lost Lines, like that wouldn't have fit that <laughs> festival, but like, on right. that on that caliber, do you think that would have happened? Um, I don't think so. No. I think it was a very like moment in time of when a certain genre was like really popping. Yeah. Um, EDM it has its life cycles of like what's in and then what's out. You know, and, and like what's popping right now could be co completely dead in a yeah. year. Like look at like Future Bass when it came out when yeah, everyone was making no like Future Bass <laughs> and all the cymatic stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you know, fast forward a year and a half later, it was like, if you made that type of stuff, it's like, what are you doing? Uh -huh. <laughs> you know? It's interesting how, so, how dubstep is like had such, I mean, there's, there's been different like iterations and stuff of, uh, and like progression of the dubstep world, but it's interesting how long that genre has been around now. Cause like for a while, yeah, it was I remember just, like, there was a certain house. time it was, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and even like 20, I want to say like 2016, 2017, maybe there was a time when dubstep was like pretty dead, mm -hmm. at least from my perspective. I remember like 
it was just all like the hybrid trap yeah. and stuff like that. Even that he says he doesn't play trap in his sets. <laughs> Detox sets he does, but like his main sets, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a time where like dubstep just like wasn't really much of like a dominant thing at yeah. it, as it is today. So it's interesting, interesting to see like what comes and goes mm-hmm. and then what stays. You know what I mean? Where do you think the future is heading in the next like couple years? With this type of music, it literally just takes one person to make yeah. one song, and then like like look at like. You know, people like Chime and Ace Aura, oh, I love those stuff guys. like that. Yeah. Like those, like that, like melodic rhythm type of like you know color based stuff. As soon as like they were putting that out and it caught like wind, everyone was making that type of stuff. What was interesting about that time is like Chime had been doing like he's probably like one of the leaders of that, but like it, yeah, I almost feel yeah, like yeah. it wasn't until Ace Aura that it really like popped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. The and that's all of it that. takes. Yeah. It's just like a couple songs to really like pop off like that, and you know, all of a sudden you have a whole market yeah. full of that type of music. Yeah. And now you have so that, that you have the next generation looking at those guys of like, okay, now I want to make that, and it's like, yeah, like you said, it's exactly. All market, yeah. And and that goes for what you asked, like you know, you never know what's going to be next. It just mm-hmm. takes one person really to like, you know, have that. There could be somebody right now that's been producing a certain style for the past few years, but until it pops off, like that style doesn't exist yet, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think has been different about your journey than maybe someone else's? It's tough to say, um, but I think I face a lot of my challenges as someone who doesn't have like a big agent or like mm-hmm. like a big management team. It's like, you know, I only got an agent about a year ago and my manager, I've been with him for like a little less than three years but a lot of people that rise to the top or like really pop off, like they have some sort of like mega team yeah, behind them. Yeah. And it's cool. Like I always feel felt like doing this stuff, I want it to be as organic as possible. Like I don't want to be like an industry plant. Right. I just want to like make music and, you know, have people like it. And that's definitely a hard thing because like sometimes you just feel so lost. Like you'll be putting out music that, you know, all the big DJs are playing, but like you're not playing those festivals. Yeah. And like I do take pride in the fact that like everything I've ever done is like pretty organic. Like there's, there's no like mystery behind it. You know, there's no like puppets, you know, like (laughs) no hands pulling like what I'm doing. It's just like whatever comes out, like that's me and whatever happens is because of the work that I've put in. And uh, it's a very, it's a very challenging thing to do in today's market. Cause like, you know, a lot of the big industry heads, they have control mm-hmm. of who's playing the festivals and who's who's on tours and stuff like yeah. that. And well, not to call anyone so. out, because I think he does a pretty fair job and to a certain degree, but Excision kind of runs his business like that to a certain degree. Yeah. I mean, with his label and, like, helping. He does definitely help the, the next generation come up, though. Like, he definitely, oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely puts people on and stuff. So, like, very appreciative of how he does that. But um, I think oh, yeah. that's, no, I think that's amazing kinda, for that. To a certain degree, I think that's kind of what he does. But, like, any of, any of the big guys kind of have, it's kind of, like, the way that like the the high level business kind of thing works. Um, do you ever see yourself getting to a point like that? Like once you become like on that level, do you ever see yourself kind of almost turning it into like your own like thing? Like with like bringing helping other artists come up and having like your own label and stuff like that. I try not to think too far into the future okay. like that. I like to focus on like what's going yeah. on right now because <laughs> if you don't focus on what's going on right You'll now, like <laughs> you're gonna lose yeah. sight of yeah and. Um, so it's hard. I mean, like I, you know, whether or not I, my career lasts through music, I always want to stay in music, like the music industry, you know, yeah. whether it's like working for like labels or stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like that's just where my heart lies. Um, 
but you know if I ever came to the point where it was like big like you know I, I would I would definitely love to like do like what Excision's doing mm-hmm. and like help out like smaller producers because like it's I, I know the struggle and it's really hard to stand out in a very saturated market yeah. and like you know get the help that you need because like there's a lot of kids that are you know have a few thousand followers that are making like better music than any of the headliners mm-hmm. and like they don't get the shine and like you know I definitely want those kids to be the ones that are getting the shine a lot of those people too like those are the ones that are really going to appreciate it when you know like it's the people who just get stuff handed to them it's almost like like they almost have they're almost like become jaded like the people who like have to work for it they almost appreciate it and they're they're going to add more to a certain degree add a little bit more value to our industry than just the people that are like handed the opportunity to yeah couldn't have said it better (laughs) uh what is your opinion on like kind of going off of that what's your opinion on like certain people like trying to maybe like cheat the system who like may have like more funding or like may have like other better opportunities or they come from you know they come from money or whatever it may be what's your opinion on that kind of stuff um you can't really blame them there's there's two ways to look at the industry right there's the route of doing things organically just putting out music and letting you you know the people like the fans aside your faith right you know if you if you make good music and they love your music like you know those people are going to like support you. So there's like that route. And then there's a route of like, you know, like the money and like the connections. And it's like, it's really hard to say, like, you know, like I said, you can't really be mad at that route. Cause it's like, at the end of the day, it's a music business. It's, it's a business, you know? So it's like, there's always, no matter what industry it is, there's always going to be someone that makes their way to the top in like a more sneaky way mm-hmm. you know what I, you know what yep, i mean yep. and it, it's it's hard to say like i don't really have much of an opinion on it it's just like let those kids do what they want i'm gonna do what i want yeah. you know i'm gonna do my way and yeah. you have your way what, what's your opinion like if you have one about like like schools like icon or like um, when the fire was around or stuff like that like where like it, it helps you make connections it helps you meet people it helps you kind of put yourself in the better position than if you're just you know releasing songs on DistroKid and SoundCloud and you're just like you said letting more of the the fans decide your fate um it's all about accessibility right if you have the means to do it like absolutely go for it because it's it's not going to do anything but help you so I'm all for it like if I could afford to go to Icon like (laughs) I would I would do it yeah why not I mean considering I'm on FL Studio it'd be a nightmare for me (laughs) because I I do all Ableton I had a couple buddies that went or that are FL FL uh, studio people as well and they're like man I had to like learn how to like produce on Ableton because that's what they were teaching but then like how somehow like converted over to FL and like still teach myself that way and it was like hard to like balance they had like two computers yeah, while they're it makes it harder <laughs> yeah I would love to do that you know yeah. like I, I know so many people that went there that have made like amazing connections yeah. out of it or just like you know learning certain things that you might not learn from like a YouTube tutorial yeah. right you know because there's like guest have, like, teachers there help. all the time yeah yeah exactly yeah. you know you you literally have the person in front of you to be like, Hey, like, what am I doing wrong here? You know? And that, that, that'll make your, it, the thing about music production, right. It's not something that like, it's not a skill you're born with. It's something that you have to put the time in to learn. It's, it's just another computer program. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to use it. You know, like I didn't really come from much of like a musical background. Right. I just played the drums. I didn't know anything about like music theory or anything like that. It's just kind of something that I, you know, sat down listened to music and like watched some videos and just like figure it out on my own of like how do i do this um but 
I mean, when you go to like Icon, like they they teach you, yeah, like, it's like step by step what you need yeah. to do, and that's yeah, it's a lot better. Yeah, have you? So, were you I ever mean, a part of like Defy or anything like online program like that? Um, they they reached out to me to do um like a course or a okay. lesson or whatever it was, like a breakdown, and I passed on it. Um, what was the reason I'm not, for that? I'm not a good I'm not a good teacher. Okay, like I've I've done lessons with people and. I I just feel like I get kind of like caught up in my process rather than like how like it's hard for me to teach someone that doesn't know what I'm talking about how to do it right yeah. I like I'm not very good at like breaking it down in like a simple way cuz like for me it's like I've been everything that I know how to do it's just been like yeah the result yeah. of like just figuring it out over the years so it's kind of like it may not even be the right way to do yeah. something right so you also don't like want to teach someone what how is to do music something what that, is the i mean yes right. to a certain there, there is no yeah. rule yeah. to it yeah exactly <laughs> there is a right so or wrong like, way you know your kid could be louder your you know whatever your, your snare could hit through clearer whatever it may be but like at yeah. the end it's like it's music. Like, is it really a correct? Right. There's, there's, there's times where like I had friends sitting on Discord. I'm like, oh, can you open that project? Yeah. Like, I want to see what you did. And they're like, oh, I love that song. And then they listen to it and they're they look at the project and they're like, oh, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, it's really simple. And they're like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> I thought there was like a lot more going on. And I'm like, no, no it's like <laughs> as simple as it could be. Like for me, like my the thing I always say when I like have taught lessons is like less is more you know yeah. you keep it more simple it, it's gonna it's gonna sound better and especially like like mixing down it's something that i had a, a problem with a few years ago was like just adding stuff to my mixes that you know i thought i had to do like compression right um and then i learned like you don't need to do those things just because everyone else does it like yeah. to have your own especially to have your own sound like just take the route of like what you want to do so like for me like it's really like all my if you look at my projects it's really simple it's just like a lot of just like like eqing side chaining like transient shaping is like literally and like good sample selection yeah. especially for drums I've like that's that like lot. the I've key heard, yeah i've yeah. heard sample selection is like major key like what everyone says is you can't polish a turd right yeah if you use like a good kick drum you don't really need to do anything to it yep. as long as it stands out in your mix like good side chaining and like eqing everything else like you're fine. I heard uh, Splice was about to do start doing something with. Um, they were gonna be taking away, or they're gonna be doing royalty free, or like if you use like the direct sample, like they're they're gonna flag you for it, and you can't monetize off of it. But then if you like manipulate it in any way, like you're actually able to. Have you heard anything about that? The Splice, no. the Splice is changing their like copyright stuff. Really? I don't know it's too much about like it. My, a, my roommate's a producer, and he told me the other day. But yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you knew oh, wow. anything about that. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely look into yeah. that. Um, <laughs> that's crazy because I don't know if you know much about like the Vengeance sample packs from like years ago. I've heard about it. Those, yeah. those, those weren't royalty free. Yeah, which is crazy because there were so many like packs of those. <laughs> yeah. so, like you know, like if you use them, like if you were to use them, like, it's what's like the you point? Have, like, isn't it? Yeah, that's, like they're they're ruining their whole business plan, aren't they? Like that's what I thought about it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it's probably just Splice's way of just grabbing some more cash, yeah, right? Yeah. Just like running through those royalties, Very which true. is that's crazy because that was like that's their whole, you know, that's like what they thing do. is like you yeah, know, yeah, royalty free so samples. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Yeah. If that if that's true, that's actually insane. Yeah, I'll, that'll be I'll, that'll be I'll, interesting. I'll fact check too, and I'll, I'll report on maybe a future episode or someone. But um, yeah, if that does take place, I think that's going to change the game for a lot of people because I think a lot of people like. 
like you said, like if if the sample is good, they're going to use that, and you don't really need to do much to it. But what that what that's mm-hmm. going to be imposing is like people are going to have to do something to it, you know. So it might yeah. change the landscape of like well, the music industry altogether. <laughs> yeah, I, I I say that more for like drums, not okay. really like you know I I wouldn't just throw like a bass right. loop on there <laughs> right. and be like oh it's fine you know, but like 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 drums are like very important parts yeah. of like your mixes right, and it's like if your drums sound bad like it's not really a good drop right like it kind of if it falls flat if like the kick is really low or the snare doesn't punch like it loses that like dynamic element of Mm -hmm. like just like heaviness you know so you need like the right sample section in terms of that um but for you know if you were to just throw like bass loops in like a song and not really do much to it it doesn't then you're like oh this is like cheesy it's just like drag and drop but um i was just thinking about this um when i started producing samples weren't easily accessible like they are today like yeah. things like splice like Didn't exist. <laughs> I, I remember i had like such hard times even finding good kick drums and like like eight years ago and it's because like there wasn't really a lot of like easily accessible like edm sample yeah. packs out there like like serum didn't exist you can't just like download like a good like bass preset and use it you know it was a totally different like playing field back then and that's why a lot of people popped off easier than they can now because like harder to do it was a lot yeah yeah it it was it was much easier if you're a good producer back then like you're gonna get the recognition but now there's so many good producers because we have so much tools yeah so it makes it a lot harder now to stand out and which is like crazy to think about because like remember even just finding like a good snare was so hard. Now it's like you type in snare and splice, you got twenty thousand pages of like amazing samples. So that like kids have it. That's why like kids that are like fifteen, sixteen that are producing now are like way better than we were when we were like sixteen, like yeah. eight years ago. Yeah. It's a totally different like playing field. It's crazy. It's gonna be crazy. Like I feel like in the, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just think they, about it in like ten years. Yeah. What's gonna be accessible? We're gonna be having the new new and upcoming producers are gonna be like twelve, <laughs> like all <Yeah>. of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's such it's such a wild thing to think about. Yeah. It's crazy too because like in other genres, like there's no way that's gonna happen. I think it's interesting just yeah. the fact that like it's EDM and it's it's possible within our industry. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like I said before, like you don't really have to know much about music. Yeah. It's just like whatever sounds good sounds good, um, as long as it's like in key. Really, that's all that matters, yep. and it's pretty easy to know yeah. something's in key. Look, look at a chart; it tells you what notes are in the key, and that's it. Do you know more music theory now than you did previously? And how did you go about learning that? I had a music theory class as an elective, and it was just like so jam packed that I actually did learn a lot that I still use till today. I have the notebook actually of like all my notes. Yeah, but um, a class that we can even actually, now, we can actually use, right? <laughs> that's probably that's probably the only <laughs> class out of my four years of college that I that I use. That's funny. <laughs> um, what did you graduate with? What do you? What's your degree in? Uh, a bachelor's in business marketing. Okay, I have an associate's yeah. right now. Yeah, I've learned more about marketing just by doing it than what I've learned yeah, in school. I because because when it comes to school, right, it's all textbook. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that you learn, it's from like the 80s and 90s and stuff like that. You're you're like reading literal old textbooks about like copyright and like, you know, like marketing mm-hmm. of like magazines and newspapers and just like so un- such outdated stuff. I don't understand why they at least for me, I mean there may be schools out there that do this, but 
I didn't even have access to a social media marketing class. That's the main marketing tool that I use. Like, how, why is there not a yeah. class on that? <laughs> I, had, I had an internet marketing class and it, it wasn't it what wasn't, I thought yeah. it would be. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, it's all, it's all the money grab, right, yep. for colleges at this point. Yep. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a year off of having the degree. Like, I, I got it in December. Okay, and congrats. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. I yeah. have no, like, use for it right now, and I definitely didn't really learn much from getting it. Yeah. And just at that point, it's just a waste of money, especially that I'm focusing on, like, the music industry. Yeah. So, I would say there's, like, very few things that I actually learned. Yeah. I felt more confident that I'll be going to school at Icon um, once I figure out my finances for that. But um, that's my, my kind of my next step. And uh, I feel more confident putting money into a school like that because I know that I'm going to be yeah. using that ed- education than like going to a four year. Like, why am I going to waste my fucking time? Because yeah. <laughs> it's also it's not just music production. There's yeah. a lot of like branding and marketing yep. that they teach you that like is actually useful yep. in like today's world. You know, like like you said, it's like. I have a better time. I, I've learned more from actually just like doing things on like Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram and like running ads and stuff like that than I've ever learned in four years of college. Yep. You know, like hands-on stuff is, is way better. I could have taken this 120 grand and just dumped it into my project. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> just, just pull out the loan for your project right? instead of school. Yeah, exactly. Um what would you advise someone who is trying to grow their project who is maybe in the same shoes that you you are and used to be kind of your journey um, that you didn't really have like much money behind you you kind of had to do everything grassroots what would you advise someone who's kind of in that same position who wants to like earn a spot in this industry just you know be you focus on making the music you know reach out to like similar producers with like like like-minded producers especially like that's at your level mm-hmm. you know learn stuff from them um social media like you know running your twitter up and just like being very interactive and engaging like that is like one of the biggest things you could do yeah. like if you if you create a presence on twitter like more people will click on your stuff than like a- like anything could ever do for you yeah and just like there's just so many artists out there that i see that have like great social media presence that all of a sudden grow this like big fan base especially through like tiktok because it's like super easy Fast. to grab their attention yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I struggle with it, but like definitely focus on TikTok and, and Twitter is like one of the best things. Instagram and Facebook aren't like necessarily things that are much help, I feel like, anymore. Yeah. Um, just the, the algorithm that that's pushed is so it, it doesn't help anyone's brand at all. Yeah, I um, agree. Definitely. But agree. just like just just be you be be a be a fucking human being yeah. and just just show people like who you are and and like show them what you have to offer yeah um, just just be you so other than going back to when we started this interview talking about lost lands other than lost lands what is next for your project what do you have in store for coming up uh like i said i have the 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 pack of remixes i'm going to put out in okay. october yep. um i have like a few big shows coming up um I'm, I already am focusing on my next EP. We're trying to figure out where we want to put it. Um, I have like five songs that's ready to go. We just got to find Fine, a home yeah. for it. If anything, we could always independently release it because like at this point in time, like a good plan releasing it independently is just as good as releasing on a label. Yeah. You know, at one point I feel like self-releasing wasn't as great as what it is now. Um, but just because of like the way that labels are and stuff like that, 
self-releasing is not a bad idea because you have full control of it. You know, you make 100% of the royalties and stuff like that. So, and you just have full creative control. Like, you know, you, you get to decide what kind of artwork you want and like just what kind of sound you want to push. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always like a great thing, especially if you're trying to establish like your sound or like your image, like self-releasing is a great thing to do now. Absolutely. Um, what can we expect from your Lost Line? I'm excited to see your Lost Lines, man. I was, like I said previously, uh, your, your set last year is freaking awesome. So what do we have in store for this year's Lost Lines? Uh, a lot of unreleased music, I would say. There's awesome. probably about like 20 to 25 songs Holy that are just shit. straight from me. Um, a lot of collabs and just kind of like pushing the sound that you know i'm going for right now so like i've been having some trouble trying to figure out what i want to play for lost lands because i feel like a lot of people have such a high expectation from last year and because what i did last year it was just like super natural it's just like everything that i was liking at the moment is what i played Mm. and for this year it's like i feel like it has to be just as good or better and that's really hard and putting a lot yeah, of pressure on me, yeah. you know? And so, like, I'm excited but super nervous at the same time because I know people are going to, yeah, yeah. People are going to expect Lost Lands 2021 from me. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to try my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you, it'll be fun, you know? As soon as, what day are you playing? Sunday, 12 a.m. at the Asteroid That's right, yeah. I'll, that'll be, I'll, I'll take note of that so I can make sure and be over at your set. You're actually playing the very first set I'm going to be at. That'll be my 25th birthday, so you'll, I'll be at. Oh, the, wow, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> so you'll be my first Big set of 25. happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. That's um, awesome. You mentioned something that happened, I think, during last year's set in the first 30 seconds that you wanted me to bring up. What, 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 what was that? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I get on stage, I play, I'm playing my intro. And like probably 15 seconds in, the music cuts. Oh. And I turn around and it's this guy just standing there with tears in his eyes. He's crying. And he has his hand over the mixer and he's like, you're not playing this. And I was like, what the fuck? In my head, there's like a million things going through my head. Yeah. I'm like, is, is my set being cut? Is it canceled? Did I play? Is this like, am I not allowed to play this intro? Like stupid things are going right. through my head. What did you wrong? <laughs> and I'm looking. And I'm looking at him and I just hear like someone in the in the back yell, do you know who this guy is? And I was like, no. And all of a sudden like four people just like come running up and like try to grab this dude. And I jump off the table and he's trying to pull the mixer off of this table, trying to like what pull it the? down and throw it onto the ground. And I'm like, I'm like literally pushing it back <laughs> while they're all trying to like take him down. And he was just like was just freaking the fuck out. I I don't know. He he was like not in the right headspace. Oof. He was fucked up on something, oh, no. and he was hysterically crying, screaming, just like going crazy. That's crazy. And so there was probably about like a good like thirty seconds of silence after he turned the music off, and like there's just like a whole commotion going on on the stage, and I'm freaking out. This is like my first real big festival. Yeah. And like immediately, 10, 15 seconds in, like it, it gets fucked up and I'm like, oh yeah, my no. God, my heart's pounding out of my chest. And I just like push, like I gently push the CDJs and mixer back into place. And I just like grab the mic and I turn around and I look at everyone on stage with me and everyone's jaws just drop. They're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I just shake my like- head. <laughs> yeah. And I just like take a deep breath in. I turn around and I look at the crowd. I was like. I'm so sorry. I don't know what just happened, but 
we're gonna try to do that over again <laughs> and i just pressed play and i turned around and i was like holy shit yeah you're and you're already I, nervous and then that just adds another I was, layer yeah, yeah as soon as that like first song dropped that was just like this, this is gonna be a lot yeah. <laughs> well, and and then after like the first few songs i was good i shook it off and i was in the zone but like awesome. it was like the worst thing that could have happened to me yeah that's crazy <laughs> it was so crazy <laughs> well hopefully that won't happen again this year and you'll be able to have a fantastic honestly set. if it does It'll it'll be funny. Yeah. I'll be I'll be like, let's go. We're gonna make this a thing every year. <laughs> uh, good stuff. I I have a bunch of my friends joking about it. They're like, I'm gonna jump up there. I'm gonna turn. Yeah, yeah they're like I'm gonna turn it off the first song. And I'm like, I swear to God, <laughs> it's gonna happen. I bet. Watch, someone's gonna do yeah, it. Right. I'll wrap it up with a few last questions. Um, one is, where can listeners find you, and how can they support you? Uh, all social media is at Revel Music. You know, you just Revel on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, stuff like that. Um, new have, EP. Yeah, new my EP that just came out on Cannibal and Records. Yeah, uh, I got a, two originals on there, and then one collab with my boy Crank That. Why did you guys choose Cannibal for that? I love the label. I love uh, so do I, so Black Tiger yeah. Sex Machine. I love how they they run things, and they're very they're very good at just like branding and stuff mm. like that. And um, it's just like a great label that, that puts out really good music. Like I've never heard like a bad song come out on their label yeah. and it's very exclusive too. like not a lot. Like they have like six or so like signed artists and like outside of that, like they don't just like really take in mm-hmm. EPs from like random people. And that was like something that was like really crazy to me is that they took my EP and I was like, I'm not a part of their team. Or anything it like that. It almost makes it feel like just, a bigger opportunity when it's something like. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah. it took me, it took me a little while to realize that. Like once I realized, that, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this, this is my first EP, and it's coming out on a label that's like very exclusive. Like this is really cool. Yeah, that's sick. So Congrats. we're planning to work <laughs> with them. Thank you. Yeah. We're gonna plan to work with them more in the future, and sick. you know, hopefully, some some good stuff comes out of that. Awesome. Uh, final question: If there's one piece of advice you could tell yourself uh, when you first started making music, what would that be? That's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't listen to other, what other people have to say about your songs. Just stick with your gut. Because there's so many times where I made something and I was like, I like this. And I had input from other people. And they were like, oh, like not really feeling this. And I definitely would, like, wouldn't finish those songs or anything like that. Or even if I did and I played it out, it'd have like a great crowd reaction. Yeah. So like, whatever you know that's good for you is what's always good for you. Like... You know, take people's advice uh, with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. you know, just like just just like be open to, to feedback, but just go at what you want to do, because yeah. that's what is what you want to do. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, man. It was really awesome talking yeah, to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rublo, for being on the podcast. I think it is awesome how you've really leaned into your production and just let the music speak for itself. I wish you nothing but continued success, man. Everyone, please go check out his music if you haven't. And please make sure to follow or subscribe to stay up to date on all of our episodes. We release a new episode every single Friday. If you enjoyed this one, put up a post on social media, tag both Rublo and Underground Society. Let them know how much you liked it. The link to both of our social media accounts are in the description. Have an amazing week, guys.